0: You've just found your way to CX in the Wild, Season 2, where Dennis Wakabayashi is again on safari around the world, capturing candid conversations with the leading executives in the customer experience and marketing industries. And now, let's step into this episode of CX in the Wild.
1: All right. Another episode of CX of the Wild. I am here with Andy. Andy Shulkin. Andy Shulkin. Andy, we were just sitting there at a random table having lunch. You started talking, and I was like, I have to talk to this
0: guy on the podcast. Can you introduce yourself, tell us who you are, and what you do? Yeah, my name is Andy Shulkin. I'm the Vice President of Customer Experience for Domino North America, based in Chicago. Domino is an industrial printing company, that serves the food, beverage, and life sciences industries. I don't know what that means. Tell, it, tell us what that means. Well, everybody has products in their home that have some sort of a code on it. It could be a soda bottle. It could be a food packaging that has an expiration date. It could be medicine in your medicine cabinet that has an expiration date. It might have a serialization code on it. Our technologies work with manufacturers in the consumer products industry and in food, beverage, and life sciences to serialize information uh, that can provide consumer protection and also meets government regulations as well.
1: Okay, so when you said printing, I imagined printing presses, but when I think about these barcodes, these things are like lasered on or like inkjetted on. They're like shot onto things. That's correct.
0: At very high speed. So, So the key things that we try to do for our customers is to keep their production lines running. Because they're concerned about uptime. Because obviously, if they can't code their product, they can't sell it. They have to scrap it. And um, having something that's legible and easy to read and meets the the requirements. So if there's a product recall or if there's a problem, customer has a problem with the package, they can articulate to their uh, the manufacturer's customer service department around the problem that they're having. So this is just
1: mind-boggling to me because. I we spent so much time in this conversation about CX about personalization about getting data on the customer uh, you know and what you're doing I'm sure you do all of that too but what you're in this like completely mature industry where you're literally getting information specific information date time place and you're putting on individual packages or products that then go all over the place I mean the scale of identification in the physical world there
0: just blows my mind. Well, you know, everything has code on it now, and you'd be amazed at some of the things that you'd you look at. Even the inside core of a roll of toilet paper has a code inside. And now you'll probably, next time you change your toilet paper, but look inside to see I, if there's I, actually a code there. But there is. Um, and, you know, we're meeting, for many of our customers, uh, some sort of compliance that they need to do. So, Um, There is some sort of component that uh, one might say is we're commoditized in terms of our competitors. But I think the thing that we try to do to set ourselves apart is the relationships and the trust that we build with our customers. And that's done both through our service engineers that are in the field, our account management team that supports them in terms of helping them find complex solutions to their to their issues whether it's you know new packaging that needs to be more sustainable. How do we put code on information? You know, In the old days, you'd get a candy bar, you'd have a piece of paper, and that was wrapped around aluminum foil, and the candy bar was inside the foil. Nowadays, you have some sort of mylar film that you rip very easily, but it's also recyclable. And our customers are concerned about sustainability. How do we make our products more sustainable and meet those customer needs? Wow compliance
1: for identity of products it's it's sort of like or in an orwellian way is making one is there a compliance guideline somewhere for compliance of identity of humans or are we in this industry trying to identify behaviors it's 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 just fascinating the amount of data you must handle and well i guess your your customers handle our customers you you facilitate the identification onto the package, which...
0: That's correct. And that's usually their code. So, you know, what we'll do is we'll create samples using our products to see how readable the code might be, uh, to see how quickly it's able to be scanned on or lasered on or what have you. Um, I think those are the types of things that uh, our customers look for in terms of, hey, we have a new packaging solution that we want to try, but we're required by law to put serialization or some sort of coding on it. Can you help us achieve that? And then are your products reliable enough that when we're running ten to 15,000 units through a production line during the course of a, of a shift, uh, that we're not going to have any downtime, we're not going to throw any product away? Because that could cost us tens, hundreds of thousands, even millions of dollars. You know, burst. I think one of the
1: things that um, I think sparked our original conversation that piqued this interest was, you know, I've always had a firm... Understanding that service design, the production supply chain delivery is really where all of our newfangled CXers are getting their their big ideas. You know, that's a mature area of just-in-time manufacturing. I like to distill CX down to some degree as just-in-time communication. But here is you have this industrial process of identification on physical products. But that does segue back into this digital world of tracking and and
0: information about connections between customers and products. It's consumer protection, too. I mean, Mm -hmm. our customers want to make sure that their consumers feel that the products that they're buying are safe. And if they have a problem with the product, there's an easy way to trace where the product came from. So there's a need God forbid to recall something you have the ability to do that
1: quickly. you know I saw I, <clears throat> I saw a documentary about um, Pepsi and people were tampering with Pepsi cans and this sort of identification I really liked it because some of the tamperings were to me as a consumer obviously preposterous. This person is trying to commit fraud. but I love that Pepsi had the ability. To track down and and determine what had happened to their product. And just in in your um, just to your point, I do feel a whole lot safer around products than ever. You know.
0: And you know our customers I think are demanding because their customers are demanding more sustainable products. So you know we have a solution where we usually use continuous inkjet to print on the bottoms of soda cans. And uh, we had other customers that said, you know, we could improve our, our speed if we could find a way to do a laser code yeah. on a can. We were able to find that solution for them. And that's a much cleaner environment. I don't know if you've ever been inside a bottling plant, but it's kind of sticky and there's, you know, because these syrup and everything else floating around in the atmosphere, uh, giving us that sort of uh, finding that solution for customers is really gratifying because it allow them to move their cans through at speed. They don't have to raise the temperature of the cans for the uh, product our ink to stick on it, and they can just move things through more quickly. And it's much more accurate and readable uh, code as well.
1: Interesting. So uh, clearly innovation happening in your world of customer experience. You know, Andy, I think one of your colleagues who, who was with you was talking about how they were kind of happy to see how um, up to speed or, or – uh, on trend you were from a CX perspective and I, I understand that because maybe coming from a manufacturing side of the world it's it the conversations nowadays are all about social media and that sort of thing for a CX. Um, but it, it does seem like you have in many ways you might be ahead of the curve um, in terms of CX. I'm curious in your mind, because you do come this from this manufacturing side of the world, what is your perception of the industry of customer
0: experience? Well, I, you know, I, I haven't worked in manufacturing my whole career. I've only been with Domino three years, but okay. I've worked in retail. I've worked in okay. healthcare, uh, all around delivering some sort of superior experience to customers. And, you know, those are transferable skills, regardless of what industry That's you're true. in. Certainly. But... Having that experience of working in different industries and you know learning best practices, you take all those things and put it in your toolkit. And you know at whatever whatever time when you need something, there's something there for you to pull out and say, "Hey, let's apply this here." Um, I was very lucky to work early in my career for a company that was really focused on business process improvement, continuous improvement, and marrying that with customer experience. Of course, we didn't call it customer experience that it was customer service, customer satisfaction. And that was sort of the the North Star for me in terms of uh, what I was trying to accomplish in my career and progressively moved on to opportunities. And this, to me, working at Domino, for me was really a great opportunity to start almost with a clean sheet of paper and develop that CX program for an organization that really didn't approach it that way. They had CSAT and some of those things, but not thinking of it in a, in a, a more holistic sense. And... and
1: When when you say holistic, I think what I hear you saying is holistic in your your you're currently leading a B two B. That's your customer experience, but holistically your success is relation is part and parcel to the success of your customers and then their customers. Absolutely. So you have you have like a massive CX mandate or purview. That is, and the scale to me, what you're talking about is mind-boggling. Because you're not talking about, hey, we print a, 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 something on a box that goes out. You're talking about when a hundred thousand toilet paper rolls go out to a city. You're like on top of all that.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, there's so much, um, there's so much serialization and, and uh, product identification that goes on in consumer product goods and also in life sciences. And the life sciences, I think the, the regulations and the compliance is even more strict because of, obviously, the life and death <laughs> safety of, you know, if it's some sort of prescription or medication, making sure that they're, you know, vaccine or whatever it might be, it's it's safe and, yeah. and uh, you know, yeah. ethical for the customer to use. So let, let me go back to
1: that thing you said about clean slate because – you know, I'm just getting to know you. I I see now that you spent you have this particular section of your experience, but you have this long, you obviously have a long history of CX, which you're applying now with this massive scale. But going back to what you said about starting with a clean slate, I'd be curious, and I think my audience would be too. Not considering anything we've talked about, because I don't want to bias you, I want to just hear. What is your personal opinion of customer the
0: customer experience industry? You know, it's uh, it's, it's to use use a, an overused metaphor, it's a journey that everyone is on, and um, it's also a journey without a finish line because you're always going to be looking for ways to improve on to retain because customers' needs are always going to change, and you know it's hard enough just to keep up with them if you can. Look over the horizon and try to anticipate what they need, or think about what they're going to need, and partner with them. That's, you know, for me, that's the fun stuff that that gets there. Uh, The the clean slate piece, there wasn't a whole lot. It was a very immature component three and a half years ago when we started working on this, and we've come so far. And my colleague that you spoke to at lunch. Um, she'd been with the company 10 years, and and for her, this has been a new journey for her. I've been doing CX for, I hate to say this, almost 40 years. And um, she's just sort of amazed, like, wow, we've accomplished so much in such a short period of time. And we're not perfect. We still have opportunities sure. to grow and all of that. But how can you not, in this day and age, not be thinking about what a customer's need is and satisfying that need, and not be successful in business. Everything's based on a relationship, whether it's a virtual relationship or whether it's a face-to-face relationship.
1: Yeah. When you started, since you've made some progress, are there some tips or tricks that people should be listening to? You Obviously, 40 years of doing this, you have a wealth of service design, Kaizen, uh, CX. What should our listeners, if they were listening, where where do you start? Where where did you start? I know everyone is on their own journey. Everybody starts. Everything's different for everyone. But you seem to be someone who's accomplished. You've used your experience to, in the last three years, accomplish some pretty impressive um, uh, strides. What, what 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 should people know about that? Or do you want to not tell anyone since no, it's just uh, no no?
0: I, I you know I I think that. Um, you know, my feeling is that there are people who are starting out in this as a career or they're in an a, a immature organization where they want to develop this. And I'd rather be open and share what I know. It, you know, you've got to find what works in your own organization within your own culture. Uh, I think for me, where there's been real success in this journey that I've been in the last three and a half years, it starts with sponsorship at the leadership level. Uh, both the president of our uh, sales channel and the CEO of our company very engaged on wanting to make customer experience part of who we are as an organization. The philosophy has always been that the people in our organization make a difference, and CX is just a logical extension of that because it's the people that our customers remember and the interactions that they have if it's a service engineer in their factory or an account manager or someone that they talk to on the phone. Uh, all of that lends itself. It's providing some structure. It's providing some guidance. It's education. I think the more you can educate people. And the other thing is tying CX uh, metrics and employee experience metrics to whatever the company's goals are, are the other thing that you need to do. Because then everyone has skin in the game. Um, and it's not a CX department that's going to get everyone there. It's educating the whole organization, and getting them to, to sort of Build that fire inside of people. You're not building a fire underneath someone, you're building
1: a fire inside of them. I love that you said that. You know, a couple of things I've noticed in the industry businesses focused on efficiency, businesses focused on scale, and businesses focused on growth. Businesses focused on growth tend to perform better in CX. And those companies tend to have cultures of teamwork and empowerment it's like we all have a shared fate you know it's not like who's the next to go or how can we get bigger it's like this is it's so and and in in that mindset it sounds like you have a growth mindset from your leadership i would say you touched on the thing that i've heard just just in the last couple weeks in my travels around talking to cxers is this idea that education Um, knowledge transferred to employees, knowledge transferred to customers really changes the game. You know, I think education as a catalyst for CX has been, it's kind of a, it's a new thing that people are awakening to. And I'm not sure if it's because AI and knowledge management tools have become sort of the new, um, a new factor in the game, but I think you just said it, when you're educating from the inside, creating a shared vision. That's that's about knowledge and education, about why we do things at your organization.
0: I, I think that's true, because my boss, who uh, first heard of CX about three months before I joined his organization, saw CX as a growth opportunity for the business. Mm. He very insightfully saw that if we improve the experience we give our customers, they're going to reward us with more business. And he's been a real proponent, as I said, sponsor. Um, He's physically present. He is an advocate. Um, He leads with communication on it. It isn't like I'm delegating this to someone. Uh, Andy, you go take care of this. He's at the forefront. And it's always like, what do you need from me? What can I do? And again, engaging myself and my peers to work more collaboratively. And then as we go lower in the organization, spreading that collaboration across the organization. And again, the best CX organizations I've worked with, it's always been about empowering that frontline employee, letting them, giving them the latitude to do what they are, what I would call a reasonable decision. You might, you know, what would a reasonable person do? And there's no dollar limit. There's no uh, requirement that you got to get six VPs solution to do that. Just do what you think is reasonable to resolve it. And if it's not, we'll talk about it. And, you know, in the future, you might approach it a different way. But that's really where you want to get to. You, your attitude is so like,
1: like mine. I, I, I have a business. And even this morning, you know, I have a new person who started and, and she's working on a particular thing. And she's been, a, she was assigned something by her leader and which involved me. And, and I met with her this morning to get her started, and I said, listen, besides what somebody else in the organization told you to do, let's back up to what are your aspirations? Like, if we're not aligned to where you're trying to go, telling you to do this other stuff is going to be friction. So let's just talk about what you want to do. And, and she shared with me her goals and aspirations, and I said, great. Here's how we'll align on that. Here are my expectations. However, let's keep a rule in place, uh, a way of doing business. These are my expectations, and I would like you to fulfill my expectations unless they conflict with your growth and your happiness. And when there is a moment where you say what I want isn't aligned the way you want, let's be let's have a conversation about it and let's make that a growth moment and let's make that as a place where we can both learn and get better and i think you you sound like you do that too and i think it is about the communication between human beings trying to achieve a common goal and it does take to, to your your statement about your leader it takes a little extra communication it, you don't delegate success
0: no no and and the thing is people have to have trust that you mean what you say, and when something happens and it, it gets ugly and those things always happen, that you're there, and you're there to pick the person up, dust them off, and say, all right, wh- all right what did we learn from this? That's right. There's not, there's not going to be a punishment for learning make, for learning. and making yeah. a mistake. I had a mentor many, many years ago who said to me, um, you can make a mistake every day. I will get upset if you make the same mistake twice or three times, but if you can make a different mistake and learn from it each day, that's that's fine, and I have no problem with that. That's good advice.
1: Well, Andy, I appreciate you just shooting the breeze with me on CX in the Wild about, um, about from your perspective. I think you have a little bit adjacent perspective to a lot of the people that I speak to. Are, is there any – I mean you've given so many words of wisdom. Is there anything you think – You'd like to share with the
0: audience as a final thought, sir. Well, I think the other thing that, you know, it's hard work, it's relentless. Um, sometimes it feels thankless, but it can also be an awful lot of fun uh, when you uh, have an environment where people can sort of enjoy the opportunity of, of satisfying a customer and uh, even turning a customer around. There's always that challenge of, hey, I took a bad situation and made it a good one. Awesome. Andy, thank you so much. Thanks for joining us for this edition of CX in the Wild. If you've enjoyed the show today, please share it with someone else who appreciates this kind of original content. And be sure to visit DennisWakabayashi.com to catch up with Dennis or find out where we're going to be on our next CX in the Wild adventure.